0: Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Smart, Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. Supporting women is my passion and my purpose, and talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership and lift women up is my favorite thing to do. Their stories connect us and help us to understand that we can all succeed if we support one another in our work and in our lives. These amazing conversations gave me the stories and wisdom from my own book, Leading Women. And they also inspired me to write the newest book, which came out in 2019, called In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life. This week, I'm pleased to welcome Renessa Bowley Lane. Renessa is the founder of the Perfect Work Academy and the author of the book, Fast Lane, Wrong Directions insider secrets to redesign your success and reclaim the passion purpose and the balance you lost along the way she helps high achieving women who have grown bored burned out and unfulfilled in their careers to create their perfect work her mission is to equip women everywhere to discover design and get highly paid for the work they love to do she has been featured as a leading authority in the washington post career builder Huffington Post, and CNN.com, as well as ABC, NBC, and CBS affiliates throughout the country. Vanessa interviewed me for my masterclass in creating your perfect work a couple of months ago, and I'm thrilled to welcome her to Smart and Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. Welcome, and I'm so happy that you're with me today. We spoke, uh, what was it, about a month or so ago in your yep. masterclass? Yep. Well... Today is about you and, t- and talking about perfect work, but you know, Renessa, the most important thing that I begin any of these conversations is I talk about the personal story. And this book really is very, very personal. And I think when women really begin to understand, it has to start with them and what they really, what their dreams, what their aspirations are. But as you as you yeah. talk about in your book, sometimes those get lost along the way uh not becoming the solid gold dancer for example but uh Indeed. anyway tell let's let's hear your personal story and uh how you got to be the person I'm talking to today
1: oh gosh um that's always such a hard question to answer because you 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 try to think okay where do, where do I begin but you know I wrote the book Fast Lane Wrong Direction because I was that chick <laughs> I was the woman yeah. That was in the lane, going in the wrong direction in my career for nearly 15 years. And I started my career in engineering. So I started out going in a technical space. And I chose engineering not necessarily because I liked it, but because I was black and I was a woman. And before STEM was even a thing, you know, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, before that was even a thing, I was groomed, like, way back in junior high school. I remember being just groomed to uh-huh. look at emerging markets and all of that. And I had mentors right. who would say, you know, you're black, you're a woman, you know, these are the areas where you're going to get paid. These are the places, you know, right. where people are going to want to hire you. And, and I was an only child to teenage parents. So my mom and uh-huh. dad were literally 16 and 17, respectively, when I was born. And I was a military kid. And so there was conditioning around this whole idea of, you know, you're going to be on your own, you're going to have to take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to rely on folks. And and in retrospect, that was a good conditioning in the sense that it gave me a sense of discipline, diligence, you know, focus as a young woman. Sure. But even though folks would tell you, oh, you can be anything that you want to be, sky's the limit kind of thing, the reality was in my mind I could be like five things. (laughs) I could be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, and maybe a couple other things. Like that was the scope of what was available for me. And so, you Uh know, I started out um, wrong direction from the beginning. Like I was good at math and good at science, but I hated math and I hated science. And I knew it. But yeah. I also knew that there were sacrifices that you make if you want to get where you want to go, and I was conditioned to, I wanted to make a lot of money, even as a young woman, I was, I always had this idea of I want to make a lot of money, because to me, money was freedom. And, right. and so Absolutely. I started off in this, in this path, and the world is looking at you like, wow, you're so great, you're achieving all this, I made six figures in my early 20s, and those things were all great, but I was paying a hefty price. And I think a lot of women, as they listen, even into our conversation, can relate. You pay a price in your health. You pay a price in just even your emotional health. You know, uh, you know, all, all right. that. And and so I, I, I went that direction. But again, as long as I was getting paid, as long as I was getting promoted, my definition of success was so skewed that I didn't know that there was a different path, um, and there was a way to marry that fulfillment and that purpose and all of that. And so at some point, I had you know just cycle through. You know, the story, I'd gotten to a place where just physically I had been so ill, like chronic illnesses and mild cases of depression and all kinds of things that were really signs on the road that something seriously needed to shift. And I woke Mm -hmm. up, at this point I was single, I didn't have any kids. Why are you doing this? (laughs) And so... I made a a radical shift to just kind of jump off a cliff and and go a completely different path, which had its own ups and downs to it. But it was the first time that I actually made a decision, not out of the I should be or, you know, this is what folks want me to be, but I made a decision for me. And I was willing to go through the dark places to figure out where do I belong in the marketplace and then still how can I monetize my gift and my passion and my contribution to the world to actually make the kind of difference that I want to make. And it was, a, it was an arduous journey. It was a scary journey. It was a liberating journey. And I emerged mm-hmm. from that recognizing that my gift was really in helping other high-achieving women navigate through that space. And so that's yeah. what I do now. And, and, and I focus on how do you get highly paid to do work you love because dream job and broke you know, don't go together. Um, but sure. it is my joy now to um, inspire and equip you know, women with the strategies to be where they're supposed to be in the yeah. marketplace, whether that's career or business, and then figure out how do you monetize it in a way that you have the kind of influence and impact and, and empowerment that you want to make yeah. on the world.
0: Right. One of the fastest growing trends right now are women owned businesses. I, I know it's being affected by COVID, but women yep. such as yourself or other high achieving women if they get a position in a Fortune 500 company or saying to themselves, you know, I don't have to do this. You know, over 50%, you know, they did some research on job satisfaction, and they say probably over 50% or more people do not like their jobs. They don't like their jobs. But you're no different than a lot of men and women who basically, I mean, we all start out that way. We all start out with parents have aspirations for us. Our teachers have aspirations for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we see all this, the signs that say, go this direction. But it's kind of that growing process to finally figure out, hey, I don't have to do that anymore. But in your process, and this is important for people to understand or women to understand, were there people along the way when you did achieve this position as an engineer making the six figures and and having the money having the position was there anybody there along the way to support you and say and when you were constantly being you know you had chronic fatigue you had other physical physical issues was there anyone there to say to you Renessa you don't have to do this job Renessa you can do something else you're smart you're capable of doing something else was there any support for you during that time at all
1: you know, it's a, it's a great question because, and a lot of your work is so rooted and grounded on women supporting women, and I'm a right. big proponent that it's our responsibility to orchestrate the kind of support that we need, right? Right. So yes, right. there are lots of folks around me who were willing to support me, but folks uh-huh. can only support you based on the experience and and exposure and lens that they have, right? So, for instance, sure. when I was trying to make decisions around engineering and I knew I didn't like it, I knew it, I wasn't really cut out for it. And for, for someone mm-hmm. who's high-achieving, you don't say, I can't do something. Um, you just right. you put your nose to the grind and you just work harder yeah, you and put, you, you, put you do the, it.
0: Yeah, you put the Superwoman T-shirt under your suit exactly. and keep going. Asking exactly. For help and, that's, and that's one of the biggest, you know, I think we talked about that when we spoke last time the biggest thing that women don't do that need to understand to do is to ask for help. And exactly. this is, this is exactly. crucial. This is one of the crucial pieces. You can't get anything from anybody, whether it's your job or your relationships or your, you know, the community. And so you start asking for help. If women can do that, but, but aren't there some of the women, and I, I don't mean to get off track here, but aren't there some of the high-achieving women, though, that can look at their jobs in different ways also and say, wait a minute, if I had this at this job and I had this support and I had these things, yep. my job exactly. then could, could become my perfect work, could, could become exactly. my career. So, you know, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Let, let me let but, me it, uh, go back to your first point, and then I'm going to tie it into what you what you just said. Um, okay. because what I, was, what I was trying to say is that it's so important for us to orchestrate the kind of support that we need because when I was right. at that stage where I knew I was unfulfilled, I knew I, I didn't like where I was, I didn't know what I wanted to do next, but I just knew where I was wasn't right. I remember going yeah. you know, to a mentor and sitting down and being like, here's what I'm thinking, and her advice was, you know what, you just got to stick it out for seven years. If you stick it out for <laughs> seven years, then, I was like, seven years? Yeah, 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 <laughs> She's yeah, like, yeah, just yeah. stick it out, and then your graduate program, and then and then it gets yeah. better. And it was the best and worst advice I could have ever had. <laughs> but she gave me the <laughs> advice that she used. And she yeah. was climbing a ladder, um, whether it was right or wrong direction for her, I don't know, but she gave me the advice that worked for her but it wasn't the advice that really was going to work for me. Why? Because our perspectives on what perfect work was, our perspectives on the, the mandate for fulfillment and actually enjoying your work, like we, we were coming from two different spaces. And so I say this yeah. to women yeah. that are listening in, when you're getting support, you've got, my mother used to always say, you've got to consider the source because all advice is not equal. And so you've got yeah. to find people who have what you want, whether it's the, the marriage that you want or the parenting relationship that you want or the work and the fulfillment and the business of the career that you want, and you have to get your advice from the people who have what you want, not the folks who either don't have what you want or are struggling in the same boat because the support that you get, while it may be well-meaning, May not necessarily solve the issue, right? And so, had I had the support system around me of people who were much more free. In their work, and who were willing to take the risk, and who were willing to think outside of the box a little bit, the advice would have been different, and the path that what took me 15 years to get to would not nearly have taken nearly that long, right? So support yeah. is support, but not all support is equal. And I believe that it's sure. it's our responsibility to orchestrate that that support and put ourselves in the positions and in the circles of folks who can really help us to get what we want, as opposed to just anybody that's got an an opinion, right? <laughs> So.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, we, you've, you've become the people you spend time with. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, if you surround yourself with cheerleaders and you surround yourself with people who, who are doing the things that you want to do, then it's, it been, does simplify the process. But, but again, it's getting to that point of the first thing, the first step is to say, what do I need and who do I need yeah. to ask for help and so forth. And you're absolutely correct, the source where we go to is important because not everyone is going to to give you, you know, the advice you need or the support you need. And so it becomes a journey. Your book is a journey. I mean, it's a journey from where you started to where you are now. So Okay, so you, you became very, very ill. Okay, what was it like, though, when you first stopped and had to reinvent yourself again? That's exactly what you're doing. You're reinventing Renessa. You know, it was it was interesting because
1: to your point, as you mentioned from the book, I was sick. I was chronically sick. Like it wasn't some acute something that you can go get surgery for. It was just like right. chronic you digestion. Weren't, you weren't disorder, listening, were you? You
0: weren't listening to your I life. wasn't
1: paying, you know, because I'm a firm believer, you know, Tony Robbins often says success leaves clues. I'm a firm believer that wrong direction leaves clues as well. And it starts out Absolutely. as whispers. And it can, yep. if you don't pay attention, it can end up as screams. And those, and it oh, yeah. can be, you know, physical issues, emotional, mental. It could be performance issues. And and for me, I knew that I wasn't performing at my best. Like I was performing enough to, to get by, enough to get promoted, enough for people to think, oh, she's, you know, she's talented, she's a contributor, she's a high-performing, blah, blah, blah. But I knew mm-hmm. I wasn't my very best self. I, like I knew it. And I even had, at one point early in my career, I had a, a boss who had told me, because I, I was a management consultant, like beyond engineering, I'd gone into management consulting. And I was on a project, and I didn't perform well on that project. And I knew I didn't perform well, and, and it was because I was bored. I wasn't interested. I was, I was sick. I was all kinds of things. And I had a boss who was not a very good boss, <laughs> actually. It was terrible. Yeah. the worst I've ever had. But he sat me down a performance review, and the first thing he said was, you should consider another line of work. And for someone like an ego-driven chick, I was like, it was like (laughs) devastating, right?
0: Devastating because it's
1: coming. (laughs) Yeah. But it was devastating because it was coming from somebody who also could probably be (laughs) in a different line of work. But I could, I could either let the sting of it and you know get my ego in the way and you know whatever get defensive, I'm going to prove him wrong, or I could really absorb it and be like, you know what, it is true. I really need to be doing something else (laughs) because if I want to be as preeminent, if I want to soar, if I want to be as legendary as I say I want to be, you know, in in the world of work, this ain't it. And, And it was the best thing he could have said for me. It was hurtful, but it was true. And I think a lot of us don't, we don't take the feedback that life gives us. Again, whether it's yeah, feedback, relationship, yeah, we or whatever, we don't,
0: we don't listen. We don't listen to the. We don't listen,
1: the, and we don't take it to personally. Our bodies, and we don't
0: listen to the messages that people give to us instead yeah. of making
1: the shift. And so, right. I had gotten to that place where there was just a lot of messages that were coming in, and I was like, you know what? It's time to go. But I had to also have enough self-confidence and and self-worth to know that my value in the marketplace was not tied to a particular job. I I mean, I was a badass, I was great, I was amazing, and I was destined Mm -hmm. to do great things. And I had to know that in order to have the confidence to say, wow, you've had a few face plants here, but these face plants are really good because you don't want to be here anyway. Now pick up your face and go figure out where you're supposed to be and then go crank yeah. where you're supposed to be. And that yeah. was the first piece. And I think a lot of women have to divorce themselves from the identities that we create with our work and our titles mm-hmm. and our salaries yeah. so that we can then get well, really, uh, yeah. really, really authentically honest about yeah. what we
0: want. Well, Ernessa, I'm a psychologist, and I've been a psychologist for a very, very long time and That's did a right. lot of That's sit-down right. Right. therapy. A lot of sit-down therapy, but one of the things people would come in is say, I I want to change, and I would look at them and kind of smile, and I said, people don't like change. They goes, no, 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 I really want to change. And then I would ask them, but who do you want the, to make this change for? And, and, yeah. and I think that's the, that is the key when, when people do talk about change. They have to understand that it is, it's a process, and there is yep. some grieving and there's some loss. You talk about forgiveness mm-hmm. in the book, and I think that's another part of this process, uh, I, too, went through the, the stages of, of, you know, as a psychologist, at least I've had many opportunities to go in different directions, but the, the direction I was in, I was burned out. I needed to yeah. make a change, but at the same time, that's where I saw my value, that's where I saw my power, and to leave it and to go to another direction, definitely went, I had to go through a grieving process, and I had yeah. to forgive myself or the things I didn't want to do anymore, I was able to do them. Yeah. I just didn't want to do them anymore. So I think for women, again, we don't want to let people down. Uh, we like yeah. we want people to like us, and we want to to be agreeable. And so when we do talk about change, and and really, you know, moving from one part of our life into the new chapter, it really does take a process of maybe even grieving loss and then forgiveness.
1: Yeah. It's, it's so true because, you know, in the book there's a chapter on identity theft. And, right. and it's this idea that sometimes even our desires can be tricky because we say we sure. want something, but do you want it because you want it? Do you want it because right. you think you should want it? Do right. you want it because somebody else wants it for you? Do you want it because you've, you've invested so much time in a particular direction and so for, for you to make a pivot or a U-turn would seem like everything else has been a lost or a waste? Like there's all kinds of factors that influence what we consciously say we want. And I think for any woman that's looking to make a radical pivot, whether that's in a career or business or otherwise, you've got to do the hard work about getting honest. And I, I say design with the end in mind. But oftentimes, mm-hmm. you know, I, I talk to so many women who are coming from, you know, they, they've gotten their MBA and, you know, this and that, and they're still miserable and, you know, whatnot, and I'll ask, I was like, well, when you, you know, before you started this program, when you went into this MBA program, what did you think you wanted to do when you got yeah. out? Like, what was the, yeah. what was the end? <laughs> what was, you know? And you'd be surprised how many folks had no idea what they really wanted to do. They just wanted something different. They want it out of where they were, but they weren't really clear about what they wanted. And sometimes there's so much fear attached to what you actually want. Like, can I justify this? Does it make sense? Can I monetize it? Like, there's all these questions. Uh, Are people going to think as highly of me as they did before? Like, we've got all this other crap, ego crap that will cloud us just getting clear. Because once you're clear, then you can figure out the sequence. Then you can position yourself to get paid. You can get paid, highly paid, to do anything, anything, um, yeah. if, you, if you're really, really clear about what that is and why it is and that motivation is authentic and true and pure.
0: Well, you know, one of the things that, and I've made several career changes along the way. In fact, I'm talking to you. I've been doing these, these podcasts, radio shows for about 15 years now, but but again yeah. with those, all those changes, you know when when people ask you what you do, it's very interesting to listen. You know when people ask me what I do, you know I hear myself talking, and I think these are really good clues that we each can kind of pick up on. You know I tell people I'm a psychologist, but I say I'm really an educator, and I think yeah. I think that's when you begin to truly understand when you start to voice and you hear yourself being authentic starting to voice and, and, and being, agreeable, <laughs> being agreeable with yourself when you say things exactly. and say, yes, that's what I do. That's what I am. You know, Now, now I own an equestrian center and I ride and breed horses, but that's also who I am. And I think that's the other thing. Women can be very versatile and they can be very – there's no rules. There's no rules, yeah. absolute rules that women have to follow anymore. We can do anything yeah. we want to do if we feel we have the support and that we can move forward in our lives and be comfortable with that. And sometimes, you're, as you talked about, we have to be uncomfortable as well.
1: You know, but the but the discomfort is a sign, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny because what you, it's it's so interesting that you talk about, you know, introducing yourself and, you know, what do you say you do. And I think many of us fall into the trap of when someone says, well, what do you do? You lead with your title. Oh, well, I'm the, you know, senior this at such and such, or, you know, I'm a marketing director at Bob. Like, you lead with the role that you play, which is not necessarily the value that you bring to the market. It's not really your contribution. It has nothing. It's just the title, right? And so when we get in positions where we don't have that title, whether it's because you've been laid off or you're between roles or you're trying to build a business that you don't even know what the hell the business is (laughs) in in the moment.
0: sure. Sure. There can be Absolutely. so much
1: discomfort in even talking about who you are, and it's a clue that you may actually not know who you are. Yeah. And yeah. and that's a good thing. Like that level of discomfort is its not something to run from. It is something to actually embrace and be like, I've got to ask deeper questions. I've got to get deeper about like – or you're talking about who you are, and as you're talking about that person – you don't even feel comfortable with who you're describing, because there's something about that that's off. It might be wrong direction. It might you know you might be making good money. You might it might be secure. It might be all of those things, but you know that's not the woman that you truly want to be in the market. And so yeah. allowing yourself to to be comfortable with the the honesty of it, because once you can acknowledge that, then you can begin to ask different questions, seek out the right kind of help. Um, and piece together things in the way that you, you actually are able to redesign your success to have so much more fulfillment yeah. in the midst of that achievement. But wrong direction doesn't lie. Like it will eat you up <laughs> and it will make itself very, very clear in how you feel and in all the intangibles. And I think those are things that in our busyness we can discard and we can ignore. And it will come back yeah. louder and louder and louder and louder until you're forced to make a choice about who yeah. you're going to be. Well, you know you're
0: what? yeah what i what I tell people and i and I think about it myself when I think about discomfort or being uncomfortable is typically a sign of growth too when we can we, yeah. when we can feel it and and acknowledge it and I, and I think the other thing that I find many women don't do is they don't celebrate their accomplishments when yeah. they do succeed and when they do actually you know, th- doing the things that they truly love to do, they need to celebrate those things. You know, and I, I used yeah. to be the same kind of person. Give me the award, I'll put it on the shelf, and then I'm moving towards the next thing. Can yeah, I move on and, to the next the thing? Yeah. That, that especially high achieving women, if we don't take the time to truly celebrate who we are and what we've accomplished, it becomes very flat. It becomes very emotionalist. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no love in it. There's no passion. It's just like, okay, I did it. Let's move on. And I think uh, a lot of high achieving women get really caught up in that. And and then when they hit the hit the walls, when well, what else is there? Where else do I go? Yeah. What else do I do to prove to keep trying to prove to myself that I'm okay, that I can do yeah. anything, that I'm okay. But I've never celebrated yeah. along the way to even give myself credit for anything. You know. You ask the woman about a new outfit. She's wearing an outfit. Boy, that's a good-looking outfit. And she'll say, well, oh, this old thing. Oh, your hair looks so great. Well, oh, oh, yeah, I need to get it cut or whatever. It's a little dry. (laughs) Yeah. We we need to take time. I mean, you're a beautiful, attractive woman. I mean, I'm looking at all your pictures, and and I know you get the same thing all the time, which is this woman has it all together. She doesn't need anything. But we women, when we start to be vulnerable and we start to truly understand – what we want, what we need. And, you know, by golly, we deserve it. By gee whiz, yeah. we deserve it. And and yeah. I know this is the kind of conversation you have with the women that you're working with, but uh, give us, to, give me three pointers because I, you've got 23, tra- <laughs> 23 chapters in this <laughs> wonderful book with lots and lots of great advice and information. It's easy to understand and it's very well li- laid out. But give us three three pieces of advice that can help me, okay, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm sick, I'm stuck, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Give me three things I can do today.
1: The three things I would I would encourage, I would say first is be willing to design with the end in mind, and we talked about this a, a little bit earlier. Clarity is crystal clear. Nothing becomes dynamic until it becomes specific. You can have anything that you want as long as you're clear about what that is. And so the first step, I think, for any woman is to get super clear about what you truly desire, like what is the change that you want to make, whether it's in your career, whether it's your business, your parenting, your family, you know, relationship, Mm -hmm. whatever. Be really, really clear about that And, and, and get beyond the surface. Like challenge, why do I want this? Because then you'll find out, is that even my desire or it's, is it somebody else's? Is this something I've been carrying around, you know, for years? So, so really evaluate that and challenge it and, and ask yourself the hard questions. Even, and, and when you get the answer, like sit with that. Because for a lot of us, we know, ex- I, women will come to me and they'll say, oh, I'm confused, I'm stuck. I have yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted. She was just either afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant, what changes that would require, what boat that would rock or what have you. And so the first piece of yeah. it is you've got to get clear. And if you can't do that on your own, then pay to get it done. Like I'm a big proponent of paying for speed, but do what you need to do to be operating from, from truly a clean slate, right? Okay. Then the second yeah. piece yeah. of it is, is figure out your own strategic sequence, right? And I and I call it strategic sequence for a reason because you and I, Dr. Nancy, can have the same goal, but how you're going to get there based on where you are, where you're starting from, what's going on in your world. Like you've got grown right. kids and grandkids and you know, you've you've lived a different life. I'm 45 with a 2-year-old, right. Sure. right? So <laughs> I'm at the first early stage. You know, of that. And so you and I could have the same goal, but how we orchestrate that might be totally different. And so there's a strategy that's going to get me where I want to go. That strategy might be different for you. And I think many women will look at They think there's only one way to get where they need to go, and if that way doesn't support them, then there goes the goal. There goes the dream, and that's not true. You can get wherever you need to go. You just might have to go through a couple more mountains than I have to go through because of your circumstance, but it doesn't mean that you can't get there. So once you're clear about what you want, then the second piece is figuring out what's the strategy for me because it's not cookie cutter, one size does not fit all, and you've got to figure it out but be willing to do it because the strategy is there. And then the third piece, I think, for anything that, especially when it comes to work and creating your perfect work, it's all about positioning your value. Because with any role, whether it's to psychologists, whether it's to speakers or coaches, whether it's to whatever, you can take two different people, and you're going to have some people who making a little bit of money doing what they're doing, and you're going to have somebody else who's making a lot of bit of money. And if you want to make yeah. a lot of bit of money, It all has to do with how you position the value that you bring to the table. And many of us, we lead with our skills, we lead with our degree, we lead with our credential. The marketplace, we lead with our passion. Marketplace doesn't pay for passion. Marketplace doesn't pay for any of that. Marketplace pays for value. And they'll pay a lot for anything. You can bake cupcakes. You could be Pee Wee Herman. You could be anything. The market will pay a lot for anything if the value has been positioned. And so when it comes to, to perfect work, you do those three things. You know, get really, really clear on you know, where you're supposed to be, your sweet spot, what you want. Figure out what the, the strategic sequence is for you and know that. And then third, figure out how to position the value in the way that somebody's going to cut a premium check, whether that is a company paying you or whether that is a client or customer paying you. It's a wrap <laughs> if you master yeah. those three. It's a lot easier said yeah. than done, um, but it's, it's simple simple not complicated, and then you then
0: have to, to create the mindset to be willing to walk through those stages. Absolutely. Well, those are three very, very good things that women can do today. But, of course, the other thing that they can do, which we want to encourage them to do, is to go buy your book. So where can they do that and learn more about you? You're a speaker. You have so many great resources on your, on your website. Where they can go sure. to learn more about you, Vanessa?
1: Absolutely. Um, obviously, if you know, if, if the book "Fast Lane, Wrong Direction: Insider Secrets to Redesign Your Success" if that resonates with you, feel free. You can purchase that on Amazon. Um, what I'd love to give free for folks who are listening in is access to uh, my Success and Happiness Test. And the Success and Happiness Test is, is amazing um, because it it applies to any goal that you might have related to your work. If you want to write a book, if you want Um, to transition and start a side hustle if you want to become a leading authority in your space, whatever the goal is, um, if you take the success and happiness test, and you can take it at successandhappinesstest.com, you answer 12 questions, and it will spit out a a 10-page customized report on what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, on how to create work that you love. It will break down your design It'll break down your mindset. It'll break down your strategy. It'll read you like a book. (laughs) Um, And you can do it for so many different goals because how you show up in one area of your life might be very different than how you show up in another, and it's really interesting to compare the two. Um, But that is a free tool. It's amazing. And for those who are listening in, if you're inclined, it's just really interesting. And it's kind of fun and cheeky as well, Um, but it's success and happiness tests com, And when you take that test, you'll automatically get added to my community and we'll be able to connect and all that other great stuff. So that's what I'd love to leave in a spirit of generosity for folks that are listening and in a spirit of value as well.
0: Well, I didn't take the test. Maybe I should go do that now. But one of, one of my supreme tests as to what I'm doing and, and whether it really really is resonating in my life is that when you start something and you look at the clock and the time has flown by and yes. you're still wanting to keep doing it. So I think there are some wonderful measures in our life that we need to keep track of is that when, when you're doing something and you just don't want to stop doing it, your passion should be your purpose, and your purpose should be, I mean, your work should be your passion, your passion, it should be your work. I mean, I think that I agree with you. it's so simple, but, you know, what women have to understand, you deserve the best. You deserve it all. You can have it all. It's okay. Yeah. Well, Vanessa, this has been delightful, and, again, we're just finding other ways to support uh, women and to empower them and to encourage them to keep moving forward in their lives. And uh, we've got elections coming up, and I'm hoping to have a, yes. a at- <laughs>
1: yeah, Whatever your vote is, cast it. Up and, ticket,
0: just, up and down yeah,
1: the ticket. Up and down the ticket.
0: I'm pretty excited about that, but uh, I think we all know who we're talking about. But uh, let's stay in touch and, and things that Absolutely. you're doing that we can it's continue a to collaborate with one another. Absolutely. Have a wonderful day, and let's, let's celebrate ourselves today. Do do Absolutely. a little bit of that. For I appreciate yourself,
1: too. you. I appreciate you and appreciate okay. your audience. Thank you for all that you do, Doctor Nancy.
0: Uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you.